Top night, everyone. It's Kyle from Magpie247. And this is the season review part one, where me and Paul are going to try our best to sum up the roller coaster that was last season on the field. Champagne as... football. <laughs> the sexy football point two. <laughs> that is Steve Bruce. Um obviously this this season, the highest of highs when, when the goal was good, it was really good. But when the lows came about, they were just absolutely horrendous but as usual you start at the very beginning when Steve Bruce came in I'm sure we've mentioned it in past podcasts before so we'll just we'll just skim over it as, and then we'll get into the football side of things I'll tell you for a football podcast we'll never talk about it but it's not with <laughs> politics isn't it or business it's usually something <laughs> or another but um not the, the thoughts on Steve Bruce Paul when he came in what what were your thoughts Underwhelmed, annoyed, aggravated, embarrassed. Um, I felt it was a massive downgrade. It's like you've won the lottery and you're riding around in a top-of-the-range car and you drive it back to your mansion and then you've lost it all uh, and then you're coming back to a little pokey flat and you're riding a push bike around. It was uh, pretty bad, obviously. I've got a lot of friends in South Yorkshire. They were all taking the mickey. Everybody was certain that we were going to be relegated. Um, we'd play terrible football, make terrible sign-ins. Um, and it was, as a Newcastle supporter, it was absolutely... Um, Shocking. It was terrible. Embarrassing was probably the main word. Embarrassed at, at what a shambles the club had become. There was people on about protests, because obviously if Rafa went, we were going to go and all this sort of thing. It was the doomsday scenario with that man. Um, <laughs> driving up the motorway to to take the reins at Newcastle, but it was always going to be a difficult job, mate. Whoever, even if God had appeared and said I'm taking over from Rafa, then he would have got some stick because obviously there were big, big shoes and big spectacles to replace. Aye, true. I mean, God did walk into the Newcastle job once upon a time and he got relegated. So you know, it's never easy he for the that. easiest, but. Um... To be fair to Steve Bruce, we'll probably talk about this towards the end of the podcast. He can't, his expectations were to come in and steady the ship. And looking at where we're finished and everything later on, we'll probably go more in depth. But you would probably say he did that. The first game comes along, and to be honest, it wasn't re- the, the game was very um, irrelevant on the day because it was more about the pot. It was more about I was going to say the podcast. It, what about hash- <laughs> it, hashtags? It's it, it's more. It was more about the the protests and the boycotts on the day and how underwhelming that was. I mean, me and you, we did boycott Arsenal. We stuck to a word and we watched the watched the um the match in the Sandman pub and to be and unfortunately due to the box office, it wasn't the last time I watched this um. Watch the match in the Sandman that season, as I'll probably go more in depth about uh, later on in part two. But um, yeah, it was it was an underwhelming day because the prerogative for social media was this was going to be an empty stadium, twenty thousand if you're lucky. There was loads going in where there was about five, uh, there was about twenty thirty people with a couple of banners. Don't go on the ground. They were watching tens of thousands walk into that stadium that day. Do you remember the weather, a- Kyle? Do you remember it, the weather it, on that day? It was, I remember it very well. It was shocking weather, and um, yeah. To be fair, Shite. the Sandman was fairly warm, but I, I think I even said the year before the match, "What, what are we doing this for? Do you just want to go in?" I even asked you, and you will, you kept us on me toes, and you went like, "Nah, we're, we're going to have to stick to this uh, boycott." 
and um, it came out it came out that there was forty eight thousand that went in the ground, and like obviously this happened a year ago now when it's quitting. What about quite... highest attendances of the season? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, God. I mean, it was just like it was just so it was just such a disappointing feeling because I know yeah recent, the uh, recently the the fan base has been fairly united uh, over this petition and stuff but the fan base was so toxic it was so um divided and everything and as a, as as a saying goes from um Abraham Lincoln I, I mean I'm not a philosopher don't don't get us wrong I watched Night at the museum too the other day so I'm not like I'm not like reading history books <laughs> and things like that but the saying goes a house divided cannot that cannot stand and uh, the the houses within the Newcastle fan uh, fan base would were just divided, so we could not stand as the yeah. same would go. I, I think but, I think on that on that day though, Carl, we, we we learned an important lesson. It's certainly to take into this round of uh, protest that social media, and in particular Twitter, is not a barometer for public opinion. You know, you thought it was the end of the world. You thought it was a huge movement. You know, but hashtag boycott Arsenal and all of this sort of thing, and it 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 was not. It, you know, there's, there's, there was too many chefs, each one of them trying to say a different thing, too many pages, too many voices, too many egos, too many personalities. You know, there was too much contradiction stuff. You know, meet at, at Sports Direct, meet at the club shop, meet here, meet there, meet everywhere. Um, and, it, you know, it was built up to be a massive, massive thing. And it was so embarrassing as we stood in the Sandman and you're watching 48,000 you know, perfectly entitled to your own right. You do what you want to do. I'm not telling you what to do or anybody else. But it was made into such a big thing. You know, we had people coming up to us. Are you doing it? Are you supporting it? And constantly kept getting hammered about it. You do it. And then you're looking on the screens and those sky pictures beamed around the world. And it was just like. <sighs> so deflating. It was. It, it was. It really was. And it wasn't just the price of the, uh, of the drink at the Sandman. It was seeing those pictures literally from two minutes across the road. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we said something, Kyle. We stuck to our word, and that's that's the thing with me and you. We say stuff, we mean it, and we stick to I, our I nearly, word. I, I, I nearly didn't on that day, I mean. I nearly went in. Yeah, you were tempted. You were tempted, I was tempted, but, but you, uh, I, 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 you kept us on my toes, my fair play. But um, onto the football that day, and it wasn't much better, to be honest. It was a rainy horrible game and uh Gerald Villem's on his debut bless him made a flipping made an error and people haven't let him forget it for some reason but uh Arsenal go down the wing they put a Bamiang in Lisa's end 1-0 and to be fair that was the only major chance of the game on an Arsenal perspective and Newcastle could have nicked the point but we'll start the season on a on a on a disappointing result but going into the second game and we're not going game by game just so you know we're just going to go for the highs and lows of the season and this is most definitely one of the low points of the season for me. We'll go to newly promoted Norwich, and I thought we could we could have done something in this game. I was thinking, you know what, Norwich, the the the, the amount they've spent in the summer and the amount we've spent, we should be able to bring in Maximin and all these new players, and we should be able to try and get a result. And Norwich just blew it away. Like they just they just absolutely ripped we apart. And the beat were three one, and I've like. A point of frustration in the season. I think there's only one or two moments I topped this one, but I was so pissed off because it just simply looked like a relegation team. 
Um, Bruce came in, nobody was happy he came in, and it just didn't look like he was going to steady the ship. And we were, we got be three one on the day, and we just looked shit. We didn't look like we were going to do anything. But um, yeah. to be fair, do do you want any input on Norwich, mate? Um, team up, we scored a hat trick. It was what my literally. It was the low point of the season for me. It was the worst performance because you're going in against a newly uh, promoted team. And you know what? I was jealous. I was envious of, of them because, you know, you, you see the owners, you see the managers, you see the players, you see the fans. They were all united as one. And we're sitting there fragmented with Mike Ashley as the owner. We've just come off the back of the Arsenal game. We've been destroyed. We've been taught a football and lesson. The old uh, famous um, gif of... Uh, Craft being face planted down down to the pitch, we looked so disorganised. The U signings were like, goodness me, you know, we'd lost all of the goals out of the team. We'd lost the manager. We were against the ropes. And if you were, if it was a boxing match, you'd have thrown the white towel in at at, at that point. Uh, I know we got the goal back, but to me, it was alarming the gulf between the the two sides and the performance. It yeah. was spineless. It was pathetic. Um, and I was literally spitting blood. I mean, I was annoyed after the Nottingham Forest Cup game, as is famously known, but I was equally as annoyed and disgusted with that performance that Newcastle put in. Uh, and like I say, e- envious of Norwich. Let's put that into you know perspective and look at the results that they've picked up over the course of the season. They would have loved to have played us all of the time, but it was such one of the most inept performances that I've ever, ever, ever seen. We were destroyed. We deserve nothing and we got nothing at all. And to put me- metaphorically though, Paul, I said before, the highest were high and the lowest were low. Next week in this, uh, uh, next week we went down to Spurs. We obviously, what me and you went down. Yes. We went down with the feeling very much that we we're going to get absolutely destroyed. I thought, it, like I, I was saying in the car on the way down, I'd take a 4 like a 4 nil loss probably a good result. So I thought we are going to get beaten the double figures. I thought they were going to put work into a record territory of a worst defeat, similar to what uh, Leicester did to Southampton. And <laughs> obviously you get to the new stadium and that you see Tottenham Stadium and it's it's just a, it just looks like somewhat from someone from 100 years in the future. It's it's, it's enormous. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely it's stadium. It's a beautiful stadium and everything aligned on this day. Everything aligned. Um, the drive down was... I usually hate driving down. I hate travelling uh, full stop. But the drive down was smooth. I think we got down to down to London in, what, three, four hours? We were straight down. We didn't get stopped. The banter was flowing all, all of the time. The jokes. Obviously, we thought we were on a hammer and nothing. You get down there and we get parked up on, was it Bruce Avenue next to Bruce Park? We're yeah. taking, you know, we're, we're taking the pay. We're, we're trying to extract every bit of joy out of the day that we could possibly get, knowing in our hearts and our heads that we were up for, you know, an absolute annihilation. Yeah. You no know, Spurs, Jose Mourinho, all the players that they've got, you know, Son, Kane, all of them. Well, Mourinho um, wasn't manager at the time, mate. It was uh, Pochettino. No, Pochettino, but wasn't it? We were, uh, we... guy, Pochettino. I mean, oh God, I mean, look, look at their squad, Kyle. Their squad is fan bloody tastic. That Pochettino, um, who you know is a fantastic manager, uh, and Spurs were you know just off the back of the the uh, the final the previous season as well. So you you are babbing your pants. The stadium. Unbelievable, intimidating, big, large, in your face, and you're just going there for, for the day. But it, it was great. Everything 
right before the match, going into the stadium, it was full of laughs, full of greatness, but you were going to your seat. It's sweltering heat, uh, it must be added uh, to as well. That's an understatement. Yeah, I mean, we were close to pass. We were right near the pitch side, weren't we? And it must yeah. have been difficult to play football on that day. But we were as, as nervous as, as as you can possibly be. Um, but what happened was 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 a miracle on two falls. It was. It was just. It was just unreal, mate. On the day, everything aligned. The weather was fantastic. The aircon was equally as brilliant on the way down. Um, just the laughs we had, the memories that were made, and like the stadium was brilliant, and the weather, like everything, just aligned on this day. And then the performance is probably the most rougher performance I've seen under Steve Bruce. We're just were dogged. We're, we're fought for everything. Even Emil Kraft looked good on the day. Everything aligned. And uh, even, even, even Christian even, Atsu. Even Joel and scored. Even even Atsu set it up. Like it was a good ball. It was it was just the day of miracle. It was the day of unlikely things to happen. It happened. And lovely finish it, by Joel Linton, man. Great ball and a great finish and everything, everyone goes wild. The atmosphere was on point from the away end, I'll add. Home end, not so much. Oh, but, I... But honestly, everything aligned in, in like Tottenham early had a penalty. They missed an open goal. Like we just we dragged over the line, and when full time went, it was just unreal because you have uh, this the new orange kit that just came out, and we looked like the Netherlands from nineteen eighties and stuff. And uh, it was just just a superb day. And then afterwards, so unexpected. It was afterwards. The feeling was just very much unreal. Like I. It just the highest of highs, and honestly, it is one of the best days of my life. It was just such a definitely my favorite away day. I know I've spoke, I know Leicester, the two Leicester away games where we won two seasons in a row were very much up there for me. But Tottenham away was just everything, everything aligned that day, everything it was just absolutely unreal. Um, and that's what I mean the lowest of lows at Norwich, and then defying the odds and beating. Beating Tottenham in their own backyard, which was one of the highs of the season. Yeah, it was probably for me. It was probably the high of the season. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about a couple more things, but that for me was the highest. I mean, after that, we got knocked out the cup off uh, Leicester on penalties. Probably should have won that game. Who said that? <laughs> not you, Paul. Definitely not you. <laughs> no, no, definitely not me. It must be Lee Charnley. Um <laughs> blame him. Yeah. <laughs> I blame him for everything. Uh <laughs> yeah, that little coward. I mean, uh what happened in that match, mate, had a knock on effect for quite a few matches afterwards with what happened with Matt Ritchie. God did we miss his leadership on on, on the on the park with him being yeah. injured. And, and again we got we got out of the cup. We got out of the cup early, we got out of the cup limp. Uh, and it's it's typical Newcastle and you brought down to, to earth really, really quickly. Yeah, we only had a couple of days to enjoy the game against Tottenham, but we had a couple of uneventful games uh, between now and when next win, actually. We didn't win for a while. Uh, obviously, the loss against Leicester on penalties, we drew against uh, Watford. We got beat away to the champions. Uh, we Liverpool should have lost against Watford. We should have lost against Watford. Yeah, the goal was the goal should have been yeah. uh, for VAR from Cher, but uh, we lost to Liverpool. Actually, I do want to talk about Liverpool for a little bit because it was the same kind of vibe when I travelled down to Liverpool. It was just we're going to get whacked today, we're going to hammered, so just enjoy the day. And uh, I didn't enjoy the day as much as I did Tottenham by any means. Um, but 
when you go 1-0 up at the Champions League champions when nobody gives you a hope and fucking hell's chance. It was very similar to that euphoric feeling I had against um, against Man United when we went 2-0 up. Like, because I was standing there in Old Trafford and we're like 2-0 two, two up after eight minutes and it's like, am I dreaming? It's it's just like, I, I can't describe it. Like Beautiful goal, mind. Beautiful goal. It got goal of the season for, for Newcastle, but like... It's just that f- the, the feeling you get when something unexpected happens like that, especially at a match and you're away from home. I kind of describe it. It's just unreal. Like you know me, Paul. You, 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 you the wrath <laughs> when I when, when I celebrate a goal, I, I raggle people around, and you're probably you get the brunt end of it most times. But like, <laughs> yeah, the old scenes, I limbs and all that stuff. But um, the goal from Willems was so well taken because I, I remember him running towards Arnold. I'm like. You're not going to take him on, so just cut inside and pass it back. But he does a little flick, and he just hits it, and it just goes top corner. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? It just, it, honestly, I, I, it was just, the again, it was just such an unexpected thing. But I wasn't expecting but, him to hold out for 90 minutes against Liverpool. No, because, you know but, then, don't you? When someone's yeah. just gone, you take the lead, you think, there's going to be a comeback. There's going to be, you know, they're, they're going to come back, they're going to wake up, and they're going to be, you've, you've made them angry now. So you're probably sitting there thinking, oh, shit. Yeah, you know, they, were, they, were, they were leading before. Around, yeah. They were leading before half time, and uh, yeah, they're, they're going to win three one. But I thought we made a good account of ourselves that day. What a nil nil draw against Brighton. Honestly, what a fucking shite game that was. Right, and then, was. and then my low of the season um, was Leicester away. Now I went down to Leicester, and oh my god, it uh, like the weather was a troll for every everything that Tottenham was perfect and on point. Uh, Leicester was completely opposite. I love going to Leicester away. It's me. It's my favourite away ground to to go to. I think it's a it's a nice area. The the home support for the most part are, are really hospitable, nice people. Um, but walking out with that ground <laughs> after getting beat five 0 I'm at the very front and it's pissing down. And I'm I'm drenched and oh, it was just it was just a, it was just a horrible day. The, the drive down wasn't great and the drive back was even worse. And we'd just been we just been hammered five nil. And honestly, it just it the whole anguish just came out of us that day. Um trying to describe how I felt on camera was absolutely um just painful. Um trying to score players after we'd been big five nil it was just painful. But <laughs> it literally the high and low of being a Newcastle fan, Tottenham away. And Leicester away, but for me, I thought that was black and white. Uh, absolutely, mate. But like when would been beat off uh, Leicester, I honestly thought that was it for us. I thought we were going to get relegated, but yeah. Did, uh, did you, do you remember the Leicester game, mate? Yeah, again, uh, embarrassing. It's just like you you felt at the time that you are like you you are on the Titanic. You couldn't see any which way. You've got Steve Bruce. You've got an owner who doesn't give a who doesn't care. You've got consistently not signing proven proven players. You've got the odd good result, but by and large, some pretty alarming results. Um, you've got a number nine who's not hit the ground really running 100%. Uh, there was lots of dissent, the support and fan base all fractured. You've got, you know, getting destroyed against... You know, it's no embarrassment to go to Leicester and lose, but the manner of the defeat was pathetic. The weather was miserable. You're traipsing all around the country watching Newcastle. You're worried for our very Premier League existence and already at that early part of the season, 
every Newcastle fan would have said, we're going down. We're going down based upon what they were saying and the dross. And of course, we had uh, Steve Bruce trying to be Rafa Benitez and uh, employ Rafa-like tactics rather than going, you know, through his own gumptions, his own ways. He was trying to become a bit of a Rafa-like and it just wasn't working. Uh, the fans were against uh, Steve Bruce uh, and losing patience very, very quickly. And people were demanding answers. A rudderless ship comes to mind. But yeah, yeah. It, it was 5 nil. It could have been 10. It, it could have been. We're really lucky that day. And uh, the, the the atmosphere, away, like the way the atmosphere at Leicester. You haven't been to Leicester, Paul. I've been a couple of times. In. No, Honestly, I haven't been to the new ground. If we're, if we're allowed, uh, if, with the coronavirus and stuff, if we're allowed to go next season, that's that's one on my list. Like the court, I love going yeah. to Leicester. Been away. to Filbert Street, been to Filbert Street, but not the new one. Yeah, it's it's a love, it's a wicked ground, and the atmosphere away from home is and you like Jordy's always bring the game to Leicester. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the way the corners made or whatever whatever it is, but it just echoes through the stadium, and it's just it's just a it's just a wave of noise. It's just it's a, it's brilliant Leicester away, mate. Honestly, I can't can't wait to go again. Oh, I mean, that one next coronavirus is quite is, is massive in Leicester at the minute. I think I think they're doing more lockdown procedures there, so I hope ah, yeah, I hope man. everything's all right and it smooths out and we can we can get back to football and going on away days and sharing all the stories with you, uh, listening. But um, after Leicester it was very deflating and we were playing Man United the next week and Newcastle needed some inspiration and inspiration is what exactly what came to the fore. Um, Steve Bruce went for big risk. He played Sean and Matty Longstaff in the middle, two brothers. There, uh, Matty for his Premier League debut, and my God, the the lit up that midfield. I mean, Sean had been linked to a Man U all summer long, and we thought he was going to go to Man United at some points. And then Matty, Matty went. Like Matty, who was on the cusp of the first team, but couldn't quite get in. He had a good performance in preseason and stuff like that. But his Premier League the debut. The B Tech Longstaff, as, as he was referred to afterwards. Aye, by Mark Goldbridge. Hashtag <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, as a Shield Star myself, it, it's such a proud moment. I mean, I was uh, like, I was a year or two above these two lads at high school, um, and it's just, it, it was just brilliant to see the the story come full circle. The the played a Belton game against Man United. They ran the midfield for me, and Matty Longstaff gets every Jordy's dream. The ball about ten yards out outside the box, free rein to hit the ball, and he, he buries it in the bottom corner. And uh, he runs to he runs towards the Gallagher end, celebrating. It's just a just a brilliant, br- yeah. like it's it's my feel good moment for the season because like we're so devoid of everything the week before. And honestly, Matty really lifted the season. I am um, not many like looking back in hindsight. I think he turned it around for me in terms of uh, just outright feeling because the. The frustration of the protests would only won one game against Tottenham, and people thought that was a fluke at the time. <laughs> but we're still, we're still, we're still won it. And I'm not going to take it away from Bruce or anything. But some fans seen it as a fluke. Um, but Matty turned that season round that day with that goal, and uh, he could have scored in the first half as well, Kyle. He should have scored. He had a shot down the laser's end, and he and he clipped and he rasped the bar, but he was fantastic. And, and like all through the match, you see, you know, he's one of our own. He's one of our own. And he like he, he took the negativity away because it gave us something positive to be able to get behind and chant and support and laugh and joke about. And then when he hits the you know he hits the bar in the first half, you're like, 
bloody hell, could could it be? Could it be? And then the script was where you know was perfectly written. It was like a Hollywood blockbuster. Second half, you know, he's going on a amazing run. I think it was Jeffro Williams, wasn't it? Uh, a bit like a headless chicken. He's like nobody there, nobody there, nobody there. He checks in, you think, oh bloody hell, the moment's gone. And then he just passes it in. And I tell you what, it's like Paul Scholes esque. It's a very difficult hit that one, uh, and to beat a, a keeper. Obviously, of the reputation of um, their keeper, (laughs) it was it was unbelievable, an absolute beauty of a strike, and um, goodness me, (laughs) need I think I I think I I remember saying afterwards I needed hospital treatment or something like that. It's um, the highs, the highs, yeah, you know, coming after so so many laws. It's ridiculous, you know. We're not a team that sort of like goes an average course through a season. It is highs and lows. It is black and white, uh, and and the the pictures, the photos that came off that match, you know, we still we still use them now on the page. The iconic, these are iconic moments. Local lad does good, gets in the team. We saw him pre-season and we thought he's decent. He's different to his brother. Who'd had a fantastic season the season before, and yeah, uh, and you could see as well they seemed to egg each other on during the match. None of their players seemed to know anything about him. There was no preparation. They didn't know what to expect. They give him too much respect, um, and then the B Tech Longstaff bam makes the difference. Fantastic, and it just it, it just warms your heart to see that sort of thing. And we don't win cups. We don't win leagues. We don't do anything. We haven't for ages. But moments like that make football totally and utterly worth it. And you leave the stadium buzzing. Our first home win of the season. And we've got what to show for it. Three points, but you're buzzing and you're, you're over the moon for, um, for for Matty. And everybody went to him after the match. And you start to think, you know, maybe the lads are all batting the same way. And they are really, really trying. So it, it answered a lot of critics. It it, it uh, answered a lot of the questions that are out there. Do the, do the team have the bottle? Do they want to stay up? Are they going to fight for Steve Bruce? Um, you know, are, are they still trying to get over Rafa Benitez and all that sort of thing? But uh, one of the highlights of the season up there with Spurs away, definitely Mighty Longstaff's yeah. beauty. Yeah, it was just it was a, it was a brilliant day, and I thought, and it, it looked like it turned around with season. I know the week after we went down to Chelsea. Um, I mean, for the for the time it took to get to to Chelsea Stadium, because I think I think it was a Brexit march or something on the day we went down. There was like a million people in in uh, in central London for a big protest, and it was a bastard to get parked. I'm sure we spent two and a half hours trying to get parked. In, in it the was end, a fucking what, what, nightmare to it put was. it to put it uh, politely, and we we came up with. Based upon all of these troubles, this is what you don't see when you're traveling down and you're recording content and doing all this sort of thing. It's the nitty gritty beforehand, it's the parking up, it's the traveling, it's the, the getting around. Um, it was horrendous. Uh, I, I think I knocked a sensor off my car or something like that underneath, which I had to get repaired when I got back up home. Um, we couldn't get bloody parked, you couldn't get through London. Um, and the whole entire day was a bit of a, a letdown. Then there was a problem with the underground, wasn't there? Aye, there was. Everything <laughs> went wrong. We had to, what to get out, what to get out at Tottenham Way, I think it was. Um, walk down. 
I mean, it took that long. Like, I, I got out in the middle of London, mate. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I got out in the middle of London to go and find a hotel or something for a piss. And you just drove away. And after I, after I went I went for a piss and that and I got back out the hotel, I was like, shit, I'm in the middle of London. I don't know where I am. <laughs> and I hit news on it, I'm thinking, what if these aren't getting parked in a hurry off the couple of miles up the road? Where am I going to fucking go? Um, if we're in for Google Maps, I'd still be lost in London now. But um, fucking hell, it was... Um, fortunately, the hotel, didn't we? Yeah, fortunately, he's found a hotel to, to park in. Um, and it did fairly fine. We were like a couple of minutes from an underground station with the steepest stairs in history because uh, it literally went down as a circle, didn't it? And obviously, when you had to go back up them later on in the day, and my God. <laughs> um, it, they were, I, I they mean, were bad. They were bad. If, if you've climbed up level seven, it's in James's, times up by about two and make it a little bit steep. And there's the stairs that were on about here. Really steep. But, you know uh, what, Carl? Every footstep we were going up that stairs, I was like, you bastard, stupid, <laughs> stupid underground, stupid car bargain, bloody London, and all of this. I was I was, I was, was chirping. I was chirping all the way step, back up. Them every step was getting more aggressive. I was just pretending it was like Charlie's head as I was going every, up every single step. But um, to be fair, I know we've spoke about the day. Um, that's because the football on that day was very much... Horrible. Uh, the atmosphere Boy. wasn't great. I mean, I'd put Chelsea up there with the two quiet, two of the quietest grounds I've been to alongside uh, the Emirates Stadium. Very quiet. Um, very little singing. The wee end wasn't up to much that day. That was pissing down a rain again. And um, a Macam left back, the first to three in this entire season, uh, four of Sunderland to score past with um, in that position. We've given us some stick as well, haven't we? We were. We've um, given it and he goes on to score the winner. I thought we deserved oh, a point. Right. I thought we played well. But, well, I thought we played good enough to get a draw. But, yeah, Chelsea just got the winner in the end. And we didn't have an answer for them when they scored that goal. And, obviously, it was a long trip back from from uh, from London. But, yeah, in terms of the day, it was an all right day. But it took a flipping age and a half to get parked. It took ages to get out of London. Yeah, I, I mean, in the future, when we go to London, Paul, I think we're just going to go out somewhere out, uh, in the outskirts and get the tube in. I think it'll be a lot easier, mate. Um, it is, that's, it is. that's a well out away from home in the future, but um, with the virus and stuff. But needed a background for the car parking as well. Uh, everything, <laughs> everything when you go to London, it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, I thought their stadium looked a little bit like a bit of a hotel or a business park. The fans outside the stadium, pre-match and after-match, we're giving it large. Um, they had massive chips on the shoulders. We were getting quite a bit of abuse. Um, that's probably the worst abuse that we've got all season, Newcastle supporters. They're not chirping off. Um, but the, they weren't a million miles away from us. Like you said, it was a pretty dour, dire game. 1-0, they take the points. But quality-wise, it was absolutely awful. You know, And that's why... That's why we were giving it large to the likes of Alonso and stuff like that, because just to liven it up, to give it, give you something to get your teeth into into the game, because the, the football on show was just, was like, like I said, it was just awful. So you band around with some of the players, you try to make it a fun experience, but it wasn't. You get back home to the northeast, up to God's country, uh, and it's been a long day. You're wet, you're tired, you're annoyed, you're quite a few quid uh, lighter. You've nearly had a heart attack walking up 5,000 steps. Um, and then we 
we just have to move on. I, to be fair, we had a an underwhelming draw with uh, Wolves a week later, and then West Ham away. I went to West Ham, uh, and we've seen a free to win. It was the it was probably the best sixty minutes of the season I'd seen up to this point because we're three 0 up and coasting, similar to West Brom, which we'll talk about in part two, um, of this podcast. But um, yeah, we're we're brilliant for seventy minutes, and then we nearly threw it away at the end. Typical but, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, typical Newcastle. I was just about to say that, but uh, really good win away, away from home this against West Ham. We're very, um, we're very solid. Maximin had his first really big game where he like kind of proved he was the he was the shit. Do you know what I mean? And it was like like we had when you had to play on my hands, but my god, he, he made Zabaleta. He, I think he sent Zabaleta in early retirement. To be honest, he he just had his had his life. And uh, yeah, Almiron played fantastic on the day, but it was with defenders that came up Trump on the day with Clark and Fernandez. Who needs strikers, man? Who needs strikers when you've got centre backs? Well, we didn't need them at the time because we played Wolves, West Ham, and Bournemouth, and uh, we scored we scored six goals and five of them were from defenders in them three games, but uh, and we picked up seven points, which which was massive at the time. I mean, we got the win against West Ham, and then we and then we got a, another win against Bournemouth as well, um, which was two really good wins before we went went down to Villa. Oh God, that oh, that, oh that, I, I remember Villa away. It was so shit. Like Villa Park, I don't like Villa Park. It's very strange to get into. I don't uh, like Villa, man. I, I don't like Villa either. I think um, from top to bottom, it's just shit. But like. Yeah, the Villa performance wasn't much better. It just showed win consistency, and then and then we draw against Man City, two two draw at home. Uh, Shelby and Villems were two crack cracking goals. De Bruyne, De Bruyne one of the goals well. of the seasons, uh, one of the goals of the season, and then it, like it was just an unbelievable, um, unbelievable point against City because I thought Guardiola would run run rings around Steve Bruce, like similar to what he did in the cup later on in the season, but. Yeah, we've got a great point. I mean, when the Shelby goal went in, um, limbs again. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a cracking, cracking performance from the from the lads that day, um, and we we got a decent point. And then Paul, the first away day, I think you went on of the season without like without me in tour, um, was Sheffield United away. Uh, I'll let you take. I'll let you take. Yeah. Um, I'll let you take front on that one, and uh, let, let us know your experience, mate. Well, me returning back to South Yorkshire, as, as many of you who know from previous incarnations, uh, I spent a lot of time down living down South Yorkshire. Uh, my wife and obviously all the in-laws are from down South Yorkshire. So traveling back down to there, I've got friends who used to work uh, in a school nearby. I've got lots of friends who are Sheffield United supporters, Wednesday fans, Barnsley fans, all that sort of thing. So any time we travel down there, it's it's a... It's an extra spice for me. It's a must-win game. Uh, we travelled down there um, against a very, very good Sheffield United uh, you know, team. They had a good start. They've got a manager. Again, similar to Norwich, they've got the connection between the fans, um, the new ownership. I can't remember what country they come from. Khaled, I'm, oh, I'm just struggling. Saudi, Saudi something. Oh, Saudi something. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, Saudi, it's Saudi Arabia. I mean... 
That might come up later on in the review. It might. Um, it, it might. might I already do. mentioned it in previous podcasts. But it's <laughs> a club owned by Saudi State. Yeah, got, I know. It's, it's funny that, isn't it? It's funny, uh, but it's quite unbelievable if you ask me. I mean, who would do such a thing? I know. Um, the not not at Newcastle in any way, but. I mean, we played really well on this day against uh, Sheffield United. I mean, Maximin scored a header. It was quite a good start. Yeah, he's first as well, as well. I mean, great cross, great header. You're winning away. You're thinking, fantastic. Um, I mean, I, I was sitting there so unexpected. I wasn't... At best, I thought we might get a draw down there. I didn't really expect us to win. was enjoying it. Um and then the VAR goal, only John Joe Shelby would score that goal. He was switched on when everybody else around him was switched off. You know, the referee, there's a confusion. You're thinking he's offside, but then you're saying to everybody around you, I was speaking to Rob, um, and I said to him, there's no way. There's, I said, it's either Andy Carroll's offside or somebody said something or done something because he's not offside. And everybody was, he's off, it's offside, it's offside. Then he comes up checking the goal, and it's, at first, you think, well, it's going to get thrown out. It's going to get thrown out because all their teams stop playing. Uh, and then it goes on for 30 seconds, and you're thinking, hmm, he's looking at something, and it goes on for a little bit longer. And then it seemed an eternity afterwards, it says goal. <laughs> it was it was the first real VAR moment that we had as a fan base. And it was so surreal that the players then start running over to us. We're going absolutely mad. You can't believe it. And it's a bit surreal. Arms and limbs everywhere. I'm texting um, my, my friends who are in the home end, giving it large. You're not singing anymore. <laughs> and all this, sending pictures from the away end, as you do. Um, and, yeah, a great, a fantastic performance. Sheffield United fans weren't too happy outside the stadium. Uh, they, they don't like losing uh, too much down there. They haven't been used to losing over the previous, you know, previous years. Especially um, especially at home it's a very small tight ground to get around it we almost got crushed on the way in crushed on the way out so there's that many people in a very small uh, closed uh, you know concourse area we get outside it's fantastic you're doing all the normal stuff that you do afterwards videos opinions all that sort of thing the drive back is brilliant everybody else pretty much felt asleep in the car on the way up um but then you're still you're still bouncing around laughing like a, a kid in a sweet shop, uh, and yeah, fantastic. Again, personally for me, with obviously all my connections to South Yorkshire, one of my uh, one of my highlights. Even the father-in-law was like, "If you don't beat Sheffield United, you aren't coming back round." So <laughs> <laughs> he's a big Barnsley fan. He doesn't like Sheffield United. So again, the pressure was on, but uh, we kept outside of the bargain. A fantastic, unexpected three points down at uh, Bramall Lane. Aye, it was a it was a surprising three points, but a very welcome three points. And after that, we're um, we're coming in the de- uh, I think we're at the start of December now uh, in the review, and we'd beat Southampton, and we're looking pretty good. I mean, we're like only five points off like fifth and stuff at the time. We'd beat Southampton and looking looking good after a, like a late goal from Fernandez, and um, going in. Send uh, back power. Yeah, going into the last couple of games of December, we're fancy with chances of Burnley, Palace, even Manuel away, Everton and Leicester at home. We're fancy picking up some wins. And 
yeah, that was looking good. I mean, we had a very underwhelming performance at Burnley, getting beat 1-0. Um, through a foul from Chris Wood, I mean, sorry, a corner from Chris Wood headed in. We've been linked with him, actually, as of late. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a loss at Burnley, but it doesn't... Um... Burnley in their tent. For those <laughs> of you who haven't been to Burnley, uh, if we can enlighten you a little bit, when you go there, their ground is like a throwback to the, like, 1930s or something like that. Uh, um, it's no offence, Burnley, because <laughs> you know it adds to the experience and all of that. But it's quite a small town. You, you drive for ages and ages in the middle of nowhere. Then you get to Burnley. You get inside Turf nowhere. It's a Premier League ground. It's been a Premier League ground for quite a bit now, and uh, they've had some good success. But they certainly haven't spent too much on the <laughs> on the stadium because the new wrestle fans literally just shepherded into uh, a glorified pop up tent. <laughs> And that's 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 your lot, um, you know, a friendly bunch around in Burnley. But uh, that game, unlike the previous season where we, uh, you know, we, we got the win eventually, yeah. didn't we? After the shenanigans about the late start and stuff like that, yeah. this year it wasn't to be. We lost narrowly, disappointing because in them sort of games where it's one nil, you think it could have gone either way. But um, yeah, it, it was certainly a let's bring us back to earth sort of game. And stop looking up the table. Just get to the 40 points and make sure that we stay in the league. Well, we looked on for it, mate. To be fair, we looked all right. As we went into the late part of December where we got crippled uh, with injuries. I mean, Lejeune, who just came back from a massive leg injury, had to play play like four games in nine days. It was horrendous. But uh, Miguel Moron finally got his goal. That was one of the feel-good moments of the season after... Time and uh, time again, where he's missing and, and like he's missing chances, but the work rate was always there. I was always a fond supporter of Almiron, and I was really happy when he got his Aye. goal. Uh, got with a win as well, the only Premier League win without Maximin uh, this season. If you count, if you don't count the Tottenham game where he was a substitute, but he still technically started, so um, it depends which side of the fence you sit on with that one, but. Um, Al- Almiron getting the goal was it was just such a feel good moment um, of the season and then Again, we're end- about small moments Kyle that sort of thing is like a cup win for us you know a ladder we all love very very much finally uh, notching taking that pressure off because everything else had been there we both of us have stuck up quite a lot for Miggy previously when other people have been saying he's an expensive flop he's the next tour van and all this sort of thing we were sticking up for him uh, champion and because the thing is, yes, he wasn't scoring, but he was winning free kicks. He was moving the ball from getting the ball deep, moving it, you know, further up the pitch. All the goals we were scoring, he was like directly or indirectly involved in. So for him to finally notch was just a great, you know, a great moment, a great knockdown, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was by Carroll. Carroll, yeah. yeah. And then Miggy just absolutely thundercunt and yeah, scenes, limbs, uh, craziness. Fun games, laughing, and you forget all your worries, don't you, for a moment? But yeah, brilliant for Miggy, totally nutly deserved. The, the lad is a little dynamo, never, never, never stops. Yeah, I uh, couldn't put that on myself. And that was our last win until the 14th of January, actually, mate, because to end part one we're end, of uh, the season review, we end it in shit fashion, to be honest with you. Um, we'll have a defeated Old Trafford. Matty Longstaff scored after like nine minutes, which was, which was um, which was quality again. Um, to be fair, I was I was sitting in the bar where 
he's quite known in in the in this bar that I, that, that that my dad drinks in, and just to see the feeling around the place when he scored was just like was unreal because with him being a local lad and that he's quite known around the the local scene at Shields, and uh, not 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 saying he's an alcoholic or anything, he's just he's just known because of <laughs> he's, a, he's, a lo- he's a local Shields lad. I'll keep it at that, but. Um, not it's it's just the feeling around the place when he scored, especially on Boxing Day, Christmas. Everyone's having a good time and, and stuff like that. But as uh, Newcastle do in Newcastle fashion, we fall apart. Emmanuel Hammer will fall one. And um, the defending on this day was the worst I'd seen it since um, since McLaren was in charge. It was really really bad. I mean, we were just giving the ball to Man United. Just gifted uh, it, didn't we? I know uh, it was after Christmas, but. Uh, <laughs> I remember Greenwood's goal. Uh, I think it was Fernandez or uh, Cher who just passed it to to Greenwood. He drives forward unopposed, and he just whacks the top corner, whacks it off the bar and in. But yeah, it was um, pretty bad going. Like after that game, I was really, Aye. really unimpressed with it. But um, we were stuffed like the turkey, weren't we? We were stuffed like the turkey, done up uh, all day long, and the 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 Matty the goal was it. For us, but it was again. It was just a patched up team because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm. Well, we'll get on to Bruce's management of the squad, but um, you, when you got players dropping like flies, players playing out of position, you go to these big grounds. You need moments. You need players to stand up, uh, and it just wasn't wasn't to be. We weren't at the races, despite um, Maddie, the B Tech Longstaff, as it were. Who's got an addiction to darts? I believe not pubs. He just likes playing darts. <laughs> <you're gonna know. laughs> it might, it might be, it might be darts. Who knows? I mean, I, 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 I used to play in the pub leagues, and she was like, "I don't play them anymore." Reason? I'm shit. I'm not very good at darts. Um, I'm a double one master king. I'll, I'll say. Um, <laughs> I, I, once I get the double one, it's called the madhouse in darts, and uh, I never leave it. So. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll end part one on two defeats. Obviously, we'll lose to, to Everton on the 28th and such an underwhelming game. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, not just two past with Pickford wins at St. James's Park, which is always fantastic to see. Nah. Uh, uh, yeah, Pickford, we'll talk about in part two with the with the, the history. But um, it ends, we're going to end part one on New Year's Day and Actually, I spoke about this briefly earlier on. This is the second time I ended up in the Sandman um, watching the match because you couldn't make it on the day because um, obviously New Year's Day and stuff. And um, I couldn't get in. I couldn't get in the box office. They wouldn't. They wouldn't pass the ticket through, and I had loads of problems. I'm like, look, it's I've got this. T- I've got my season ticket and that. Like, it had nothing to do with payment or anything. They just they just wouldn't let us in, and it um, I had Did massive. You being a bit of an ass and a bit pedantic and a bit Lee Chan the There was no metros, so I uh, asked ask my dad to give us a lift up to Newcastle. Uh, he did, uh, thank God, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to get there. But I had, I had taxi money and they're doing double fare on the way back. And um, li- honestly, 20 quid. And it's like, after going to the Sandman, I had like 20, 30 quid to my name on the day. And it's like, the drinks in the Sandman, as you spoke about earlier on, Paul, it costs an arm and a leg. So, like, I, I took the Ben as well. I took I took uh, my little nephew, Jack, because um, he loved going to the games and stuff. And I, I thought I'd take him for, like, a, 
um, late Christmas kind of New Year's thing, or we'll, I'll take you the match, son. And the box office were being, being dicks. So, like, I couldn't take him. So, I had to sit in this flipping bar and watch it with him. And uh, he's, he's just, he looks he looked so miserable on the day. But um, that's how heartless the, the box office can really be, people. Um, turning down a, a, a small child with a, with a pet lip. I, I, <laughs> he tried everything to get in, bless him, with his butt. Yeah, it wasn't to be. And then Leicester, to be fair, I was happy I was in the box. It was a quick exit away from the crowd um, as the smashed were. And Perez came to St. James's Park. And as um, I think there was some YouTubers that, re well, a, a YouTuber really overreacted to it. Um, Binks, who, who does the main vlog stuff, I mean, I mean, he's 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 more known for his vlogs and stuff, but his reaction to when Perez scored, he goes off it. <laughs> it, it brought a laugh or two, like because I think um, Tune Pauls on Twitter was uh, championing his response. He loves he, he loves uh, showing little snippets of what Binksy really does, and uh, yeah, it, it was quite hilarious. But per Perez to come back to St James's and score a league goal was just flipping typical. But uh, it wasn't a good start of the new year, was it, Paul? No, uh, and and that's like I said, that what it comes back to the the ebb and flowing of of the season and the ups and downs. There was right, really good highs and then really bad times, and you sort of just sitting thinking we need to get through. We were praying that Steve Bruce, uh, Mike Ashley, and Lee Pinfold, I couldn't do anything, uh, even if I was showing up to do it. Charlie was going to pull the finger out and get some signings through because the games are coming thick and fast. The players are dropping uh, quicker than flies or quicker than uh, bloody, um, you know, Katie Price and a pair of boxer shorts. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and we needed to get through to January and get some reinforcements. It wasn't the rotation that was needed initially, um, and that causes real problems. You're sitting looking at Joe Linton, and you're like, any time now? Now would be a great time to go on a run. Please go on a run. Can you score? You know, uh, as we record this game, uh, sorry, as we record this video today, podcast, today marks the, um, which is on, on Sunday, it, it actually is the anniversary of Jocelyn signing, we, you know, screaming for anybody back, any striker, any old striker who could score goals. Um, but no, we were in a pretty dark place when it came to the, uh, you know, to, to this sort of time last season. Aye, and that's um that's pretty much it for 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 part one. Um, trying to sum up the the highs and lows of the season. Obviously, there's still more to come with it, but going into the new year, I was I think we we're around mid table at this point, and we we're really hoping for a couple of signings to come in and and really rejuvenate. We're trying to get into Europe and things, but Bruce was although we we're very inconsistent. I felt we we're, were just stringing by, and that was exceeding expectations because everyone thought we were just going to get relegated in convincing fashion. But, um, yeah, in part two, we'll be uh, talking about where they cup run. Uh, we'll be talking about the, the highs and lows of the of the running. So probably the West Brom away game will probably take um, take the highlight or Everton away. Inflatable filth. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, the, and the objects that were in the away end that night. But, um, yeah, that, this has been part one. Please join me for part two and thank you to everyone that's been listening to us so far. It's been a, it's I been appreciate it. It's been cracking to record and uh, try and sum up the, the life for Newcastle fan as best as we can. But uh, yeah, I've been Kyle. 
been with Paul, as always, fantastic record with. But uh, yeah, see everybody in, well, listen, here we're in part two. So uh, <laughs> yeah, speak to you soon, everyone. Gave it to him.